Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. So we're going to kick off a brand new series today, a two-week series, uh, a really clever title. It's called Purpose. You can tell Jonathan didn't have anything to do with this. I was all by myself. I was out there all by myself. And, and, and the title of today's message is Start at the Beginning. <laughs> Boy, y'all are really feeling sorry for me right now, aren't you? But you have no idea how difficult it was uh, for me to find what God wanted me to speak on today. And so here's what you need to know. Like, we don't just dream up stuff. We don't, like, just search the Internet. We're not just looking. We're, we really, to the best of our ability, really try to hear from the heart of God. Because what we believe is that every Sunday is a divine appointment, that God wants to say something very specific to a group of people. And so we try really, really hard to say, God, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And so I thought I'd found the message. I had about 20 hours in this message. And so I wrapped that message up, just so you know. And, and I, I created a folder for it on Dropbox. You didn't even know I knew what Dropbox was, did you? Okay, OneDrive, I guess is a little more cool. But anyway, anyway, so I put it, I created a folder, put it in that folder, felt really good about it. I actually went on vacation, and I was so excited about that, I started working on a second message on vacation. Put about three hours into it, it felt really good. I thought, I've got this, got back home. And so I started to work on that first message. I wanted to reach back to the uh, first message, and guess what? It was gone. I mean, like it was gone. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. It, the folder was there, but it was empty. There was nothing in that folder. And so I did what anybody would do. I called an Apple expert. I called Jonathan Pearson. And I thought if Jonathan can't find it, it can't be found. Y'all with me? And so we looked and we hunted and we searched. I spent a whole day literally going through every single folder I had in Dropbox and never found the message. And so I said, okay, obviously, God, that's not what you want. And so then I began to kind of just kind of wait. And, and, I, and I, know, I know some of you really spiritual people are saying, but God's not, he's never late. He's always on time. I beg to differ. I thought, Lord, like, are you ever going to show up? Do you know what time it is? People want to know what the next series is going to be, right, David? Hello? Can I hear an amen from David? <laughs> so I'm working on this to the best of my ability, and finally God shows up like he always does, and he speaks loud and clear and gives me this little two-week series. And then honestly, I thought maybe I should wait. I thought maybe I should wait because I know, I, I know my people. And, and, and I know my people, and I wanted as many people to hear this as possible. And the reason I say that is because this is summertime. And summertime, for, if you're brand new to church, I mean, summertime just means crowds are going to be a little lower. People are off on vacation. You should go on vacation. We're going to go on vacation. And so really, I said, Lord, like, this is awesome. Can we, like, maybe do it in the fall? And you know what he said? Nope. And then I thought, this would be really, really good for August logically speaking, we'll be kicking some things off in the fall and this will just go really, really well. Just logically, it just fits better. You know what he said? Nope. 
So today, I want to share with you a message that I am so incredibly excited about. I'm going to follow up next week with another message. Really, it's a two-part message, really. And I believe that this message is radically going to change lives. Let me tell you why. Because some of you have walked in here this morning feeling like that you have no value, that you have no worth, that you're not born for a purpose, you weren't born for a purpose, that you're a loser, and maybe because of your past and the things that you've done is that there's no way that you could possibly find any joy and hope in life. I want you to know that's a lie. I want to start off with this verse out of Psalm 92. It's a powerful verse. It's such a sweet verse. Here's what it says. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And if you've been around church for a while, then you know that we as followers are uh, often referred to as sheep, which really doesn't sound like a compliment when, you know, you realize how dumb sheep are said to be, right? And so you think, ah. So in this passage, we're referred to as plants. You feeling any better? It sounds better than dumb sheep, at least, right? So we're referred to as plants. And here's the thing. So God wants us to grow and to flourish as a plant would grow and flourish and bear fruit. So today we're going to talk about purpose. But very specifically, very specifically, we're going to talk about how to flourish and find your purpose in life. And if you're going to find your purpose in life, God, this is so critical. <laughs> it's, it's critical, and yet I almost took this sentence out. I, I argued with the Lord. He said, leave it in. I said, okay. It's important, it's crucial, it's critical that you start at the beginning. If you're ever going to find your purpose in life, believer, non-believer, you've got to start at the beginning. And you want to make sure that you're in the best soil possible. You want to make sure that, that you get just the right amount of sunlight and just the right amount of rain and, and the right kind of fertilizer. So here's what I'm saying. Listen, please hear me environment matters. If you want to find your purpose in life, if you want to grow and flourish and have joy in life and know that you were created on purpose for a purpose, then environment absolutely matters. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the good old U.S. of A., there's a part of our country that's called Death Valley. No, I'm not talking about Clemson University. I'm not talking about Clemson University. In, in, in fact, I read that it's the hottest, driest place in the U.S. In fact, in fact, nothing grows there. And nothing grows there for a really simple reason is because it never gets any rain. Hence the name Death Valley. I want to show you a picture of Death Valley prior to 2004. You see it? It's dry. It's it's dusty. It's barren. But then this phenomenon happened in the winter of 2004. In, in 2004, it was a phenomenon. Seven inches of rain fell in a very short period of time. And you would think that as smart as we are, with all of the studies and instruments and with all of our knowledge, with all of our intelligence, you would think that we would be able to figure out, right? Why? What caused this rain? Nobody can ever figure it out. They don't know what happened. They just know that it happened. 
And they didn't see any immediate results. But in the spring of 2005, here's what they saw. Wow. That's beautiful, isn't it? So you, you know what they learned? They learned that Death Valley wasn't dead at all. It was just dormant. That underneath all of those rocks and dirt and dry dust, underneath all of that were these, these seeds of potential that were just waiting on the right amount of, the, the right environment, the right amount of rain, the right amount of sunlight, that there was great potential all, there all along. It just needed the right environment. You have to be in the right environment to grow and to flourish and to find your purpose in this life. Here's what I want you to know. This is why I've been so excited about this message. Is I want you to know that you have great potential. I want you to know that you have great potential and, and I don't care who you are, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what lies you've listened to in the past and maybe you grew up with parents that maybe told you that you were worthless, that they told you that you would never amount to anything. Maybe, maybe it was a neighbor, maybe it was a teacher and somebody somewhere told you something and you know what, that stuck in your head and you have these mental, these mental images and every time that you, that you make a mistake, every time that you experience a failure, you... You have this, this inner language, this, 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 uh, this doom and gloom kind of mentality that says you're a failure. You've always been a failure. You're always going to be a failure. You've never been. You never will be. That's a lie. That's a lie. You have incredible potential. You can live life with a purpose. You can live life full of vitality and fulfillment. You can flourish and produce fruit, but you have to be in the right environment. You have to, and you have to start at the beginning. If you're going to get on first base, first you have to go to home plate. Hello, anybody know that? Like you can't strut out of the dugout and say, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a base hit. So I'm just going to go on to first, if y'all don't mind. They say, oh, no, 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 no. No, you've got you've to go to home plate first. You've got to swing. You've got to do the right things in order to be able to get it first. And, and you've got to go to first before you can get to second. You can't just get to second. In other words, if you hit one in the gap, you know, you can't just like go straight up the pitcher's mound. And as you go by the pitcher's mound, say, nah, 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 boo, boo. I got to hit off you, you. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't say, oh, yes, I can, because I know I hit one in the gap. It's going to be a stand-up double. Are you with me? You can't do that. You start off at home. You go to first. You go to second. The key to growth is finding out where you are and then learning how to take the next step. So I have to ask you this question right out of the gate. Where are you? Are you in fertile soil? Today, I want to help you identify where you are because maybe for some of you, you don't really know. And then I want to help you, I, I want to help you to find out where you are and then I want to show you how to take the next step toward growth and fulfillment because your life, please hear me, please, please hear me. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what you think even of yourself. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. Your life was meant to be filled with purpose and, and joy and vitality. You were made to flourish. Maybe for some of you, you're not dead. 
You're just dormant. Psalm 92, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Then say they might. Hope they will. It says they will, they will flourish. So I guess you have to answer the question, what does it mean to be planted in the house of the Lord? I'm glad you asked. So the Apostle Paul really, I think, gives us a great picture of this. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of what happens when you're planted in the right place and you're in the right environment. Here's what he says in Ephesians 1. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious Father, that he, watch this, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom. How many folks say, I like to have me a little bit of wisdom. And you might just want to punch the person beside you and say, you could use a little bit of wisdom. He says that you would, that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that for what? This is important. This is really good. So that you will know him better. Hmm. So I looked up the word wisdom and it simply means understanding the shape of the world. I thought this was weird. Understanding the shape of the world and acting appropriately. I think that one of the problem, problems of the modern day church is not that we have a hard time judging the world. It's just that we don't know how to act appropriately. Would you agree? I mean, I, honestly, I think the world's in the biggest mess it's ever been. We're more educated than we've ever been. And education was supposed to, supposed to mature us. It was supposed to cause us to be more intellectual and thinkers and, and to be able to embra embrace other humans. And it was supposed to bring harmony to relation, uh, racial tensions. But you know what? It hasn't. It hasn't. We need wisdom to live in this world. And the only way that we're going to have that wisdom will be as God reveals it to us. Revelation. Revelation. That's the way I think preachers are supposed to say it. I've been kind of waiting on that. You have no idea. I'm a sick man. So the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit reveals, watch this. He reveals God. He reveals God and then he reveals his God's purposes for us so that we can understand God, understand the shape of the world and act appropriately. I'm just trying to say that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been told, you've been created by God to flourish, not to be dead. And if you want joy and freedom and purpose, it all starts with, at the beginning with knowing God. I got nothing. Like, silence. I think it's confusing, isn't it? I mean, it's Sunday morning. This is the 11 o'clock hour. Knowing God. But listen to me. Understanding what it means to know God is the key to finding your purpose in life. It's the key to be able to live life with vitality and joy and excitement that no matter what you go through on planet Earth, God's gonna take it and use it 
pass a bucket. I'm just kidding. So the Greek word, here's what's interesting. The Greek word that Paul used to know is a word that I can't pronounce. They're going to put it up on the screen for you. And here's what it means, and this is crucial, to knowing God. It means to know God in an intimate, personal way. Now, you need to understand context when you're reading Scripture. And for the people that, re- that were hearing this for the very first time, they went, wow, we had no earthly idea. Because their concept of God, any God, was that God was cold, aloof, that he was way off somewhere, if that be heaven or wherever gods hang out, and that, and that he was very detached from his creation. In fact, God, this God was more of a God of judgment than he was a God of love. In fact, they never even really thought of the concept of love being connected with God and what they would have never, ever, Ever, ever considered to be a possibility was were to be in an intimate personal relationship with God. I'll tell you what I've learned over the years. I, I, I've learned from mostly religious people that we just assume that the more facts that we know, the closer that we grow. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. I read that Paul used the same word here where a man knows his wife and they make babies. Now, before your mind goes to a bad place, I know some of you, it's already gone, right? You already went there. It's not a sexual term. It's an intimate term. But it is the most intimate term. It's a term that speaks of personal, intimate relationship. In other words, here's what I want you to know. You can know a lot of facts about a person, but not know the person. You can know a lot of facts about God, but have no clue to who God is. Some of the meanest people I've met in my life were people that could wax eloquent eloquent with theology. They could throw out a lot of big words. They could tell you and describe to you in detail who, what the Bible said about God. And yet those were people that didn't appear to know God at all. So I think it's possible to know a lot of facts about a person but not know the person. You might be here for the first time and what you know this morning because they put it up on the screen is I'm Scott. I'm the senior pastor of Springwell Church. For those of you that have been coming for a while, you know a little bit more facts, right? You know more than that. You may say, well, you know, Scott, and then we know, we all, we know about his wife. Lord have mercy. He has to bring her up one more time, talk about how beautiful she is. I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you get tired of hearing it. They have the best marriage ever. You know, I know, I know. But see, you would know that if you've been here for any time at all, because I talk about her a lot. You would know my kids. You know my my children. You know Emily and you know Katie. You know why? Because I talk about them all the time. And I don't know if you heard or not, but I'm I'm a brand new granddad. (laughs) And I don't know if you know, He's here for the first time. So if you don't want to talk to me after the service, sorry, I ain't got time for you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You may know some facts about me, and yet you still don't know me. People over the years that have gotten to know me have said, wow, you're so much different than I thought. Just because you know facts about a person doesn't mean you know the purpose, know that person at all. So why is knowing God such a big deal? 
It's huge. According to Psalm 139, here's what it says. For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. So, so God created you. And the only way that you're going to know your purpose is to go to your creator to understand that. I, I recently, I bought a new knife sharpener. I know y'all don't care. But I bought this new knife sharpener. And the thing that I wanted to do was I went to YouTube. I, everything's on YouTube, right? Thank you. I don't know. So I went to YouTube and I found the maker. And so I listened, I, I watched this, this video of the maker describe in, in detail what this knife sharpener was meant to do, what it was made to do. If you want to know the purpose of something, you go back to the person that created it. You cannot know your purpose in life just about knowing about God. It is you must have a personal, intimate relationship with him. That means that you communicate with him and he communicates with you. And if you don't, you're never gonna know your purpose. What God is, oh, he's so, so awesome. You can't make this stuff up. I'm, I'm writing this message I was sitting in a hospital room with my daughter Katie and we were waiting on her to give birth to River Scott. So I already told you God was late, right? I told you he was late. And so I'm, I'm sitting and, and I didn't think Katie was ever going to have that baby. I mean, uh, like her mama, you know what I'm saying? Going to be slow, drag things out. Anyway, so, so we're sitting. I'm blessed that she would allow us to be in that room with her and and so I'm working on this sermon, and I get to this part of the message. I'm working through it, and Psalm 139 came to my mind. And so I'm, and so I'm, <laughs> as I'm reading these words from Psalm 139, Holy Spirit, stop me. And, and I wish I could paint the picture. I, I do have some pictures. I should have brought them. I guess that was just maybe something for me that was really, really intimate, but the room had, had been dim, the lights were dim, and, and Tony, Emily's husband, had made this incredible playlist for Katie. And I don't know if we ever heard a, a song repeated. I mean, it was just this playlist that just went on forever and ever and ever, and it was this worship music, and it was awesome. And, and so I looked across the room, there was... There, There was Emily sitting beside her sister, holding her hand, singing to her. And then Holy Spirit just does what Holy Spirit does so well. Then everything else in the room grew quiet, and, and all I could hear, all I could hear in that moment was the heartbeat on the monitor. And I went, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm reading this passage where God handcrafted this child. And I'm, I'm thinking in, in just a short period of time, maybe a few minutes, maybe another hour or so, we're, we're going to see what was in this, in this belly that, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? And, so th and then suddenly, you know, I remember they wheeled her back in the room and there he was, God's creation, the most beautiful baby that's ever been born. I'm telling you, he's awesome. And I looked at that child 
And as I looked at that child, I went, oh my gosh, God, you did this. You did this. And then the nurse said, who wants to hold him? And I kicked a few people out of the way. <laughs> and my, my daughters would have to tell you, my, my family would have to tell you, I'm not that guy. I'm really not. I'm the guy that's going to be in the back of the line. I'm the guy that says, no, let everybody else, but not that day. As I held that baby boy, I looked into his eyes, and I said, River, you've been created. You've been born on purpose for a purpose. And, I, and the job of, of us as a family, it's, we want to teach you facts. We, we want to teach you who God is, but it's more than that. What we want you to see in our eyes is that we have a vital living, breathing relationship with the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth that's not cold and aloof and way off in, up in heaven somewhere, but that he's personal and he's right here and he's right now. And River, no matter what you go through in life, you will never go through it alone. And then I wondered, I thought, what, what is his purpose? What has God, how has God gifted him? So I just pray every day, Romans 15, 13, and I pray every day that he'll come to know, know God. Know him, not know about him, but that he'll know him in a very personal, intimate, intimate way. So Paul says that you may know him better. And everyone hearing Paul's words would have thought, wow, we had no idea. We had no idea that it was possible to be intimate and close and be in a relationship with the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And then Paul shares with us another crucial step in finding God's purpose for our lives. Here's what he says. It's a, it's a weird verse. I know, I'm weird. So I looked at it, I thought it was weird. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. And you know what? I read that and I went, that's not right. The eyes of our heart, we, we see with our physical eyes, right? But then as, as I studied the passage, as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? I think that probably we see more with our heart than we do our physical eyes. For example, some of you right now are looking at me through the lens of everything that's happened to you up until this point. Every one of you is looking through the lens of your past. Your pain, your problems, your hurts, your good days, your bad days, your relationships, the good relationships, the bad relationships. And maybe worst of all, you're looking at me as a pastor through the eyes of, through the heart of, of another pastor that you've experienced somewhere in life. That maybe he was a cheat, that maybe he was a liar, maybe he was a multitude of different things and and so you view every pastor with skepticism because you wonder if we're all the same. Or maybe worst of all for some of you because maybe church has not been your thing. You didn't grow up in church. You weren't raised in church. Maybe the only thing that you know about preachers and pastors is from what you've seen on TV. And, and there's been a certain image that you've had. And so you're even looking at me and viewing me this morning with skepticism. Because you know why? Because you see me through the eyes of your heart. So part of your spiritual journey is to realize that God created you on purpose 
for a purpose. And it is virtually impossible for you to see that purpose if you're looking through the lens of yesterday, through the lens of all of the hurt and the pain of your past. So the second step is really simple. Just have an open heart to see. I almost put this on the screen and I chickened chickened out. You cannot see your tomorrows if your glasses are still covered in the smudge and dirt of yesterday. Let me read it to you one more time. You cannot see your tomorrows if your glasses are still covered in the smudge and dirt of yesterday. Some of you that claim to be followers of Jesus you said, you know what, I just can't figure out what God's purpose for my life is. I mean, I've, I've asked, I've prayed, I've begged, I've pleaded. I don't know what the purpose is. It's because you've never really worked the second step of your journey and getting your heart clean and settling the pain of yesterday so that you can see the promise of tomorrow. You're still stuck. If I've learned anything in my life, I've learned that sin will blind you. That's what I've learned. I've learned that it's certainly true in my life. Old preacher said one time, he said, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you're willing to pay. Anybody can say, dude, I totally get that. Preachy, old school, traditional, whatever. I get that. You know what? It makes sense. See, the Bible says that there's pleasure in sin, but only for a season. Sin will blind you to the future cost of a present sin. Y'all with me? How many of you this morning would would say, "If if I had any idea where this would end up, if I had known where this sin would lead, if I had known how deep and dark I would go. But you couldn't see, could you? Because sin will blind you to the future cost of a present sin. But once you know him, and I'm not talking about knowing facts. You gotta know facts. But I'm talking about where you you spend time with him, you hang out with him. That's what I do. I hang out with him. And you talk to him. And you talk to him like he's your father, like like y'all are best friends. And I know that offends people. I don't care what you think. The Bible says he will be a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Hello? I got the word to back me up. So what I'm saying is when you hang out with God and these moments are so sweet and you are just immersed in the presence of God and He speaks to you. And for me, the sweetest moments have been when He's just whispered in my ear and said, I love you. I 
once you know him through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have the power to see the dirt, the sin, the pain, the hurt. It's blinding you to your purpose. Holy Spirit will open your eyes and he'll give you the power to get past your past and to walk in freedom. Some of you have taken the first step. You know God. And maybe, maybe you even long to know Him intimately. Maybe you do. But you feel dead, still feel dead inside. You're not dead. Dormant, maybe. And maybe it's because you've never taken that second step in your spiritual journey, which is to find freedom. And, and what I mean is, is that you have to deal with the stuff that's holding you back. You gotta deal with it. You gotta have your heart, the eyes of your heart open. Say, Lord, reveal to me, me. And there's gonna be some things that you show me that's gonna be ugly and I have some things I don't like. But God, I know that when I trust you in this walk that we have, as you point out those things, that God, there'll be a transformation that will take place and I'll find freedom for the first time maybe in my life. So where are you? What is that thing? My guess is you probably know what it is right now. It's a habit, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a past of negativity that you can't get past. That didn't come from God. Because He created you on purpose for a purpose. And just like I looked into the eyes of River Scott, I said, son, you've been created for a purpose to live a life that's full of joy and meaning and purpose. And our job is to walk along beside you to help you find it. So you go to God for forgiveness and then you continue to deal with your junk. That's what you have to do. We're ready for you here. We're ready. I'm a broken record. I would say, you know, get into a 12-step study. Oh, are you going to deal with your junk or are you just going to continue to be miserable? Are you going to continue to let the pain and the hurt of your past hold you back? Or are you going to reach for freedom? i got to be honest. Some of you, where are you? Truthfully, you just know the facts about God. And maybe you prayed a prayer at some point in your life and you thought that prayer was, was enough. But it, it really wasn't enough. And, and what do I mean by that is because you know what? You just spouted out some things, but you never really gave your heart. Your, the intention of your heart was never to say, God, I want to be open to you. I mean, literally, God, I'm, I want forgiveness of my sin. I want to escape hell. But more than that, I want to walk with you, learn from you. I want to surrender my life to you. Have you done that? Where are you? Where are you? You can't get the first base till you've been the home plate. Maybe you've never taken the first step in knowing God. Honestly, maybe for you, you never thought it was possible. 
Maybe you thought, you know what, there's no way, not somebody like me, not somebody like me that's come from where I've come from, that's done what I've done. How could God possibly love someone like me? He's crazy about you. Absolutely crazy about you. And what he wants is a relationship. It's not what you do for God. What you gonna do for God, God can't do for himself and do it a thousand times better. I mean, really? He is God, right? So what he wants is, he wants an intimate, personal relationship. And he says, you know what? I want you to join me in what I'm doing on earth. It's gonna be a hoot. And we get to do it together. Maybe you never thought it was possible. It is possible. Here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed. You're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to be. Maybe you just pray a simple prayer. Maybe it'd be something like this. Maybe you just tell him right out of the gate, Lord, I am totally unworthy. I'm a mess. My life's a mess. And this morning, what I know is that I am a sinner. I know that. And I know what I need is you. I just didn't know it was possible to be in an intimate, personal, close relationship with you. But Jesus made it possible. So Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. And Lord, to the best of my ability, as weak and fallible as I am, I want to fully surrender my life to you. And God, I know that that's what I mean right now, but tomorrow I'm going to waver and I'm going to waffle. Lord, I'm just telling you that I'm desperate for you. I need you. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. You're going to have to give me the power to live the kind of life that you want me to live. And Lord, with every passing day, I just want to know you, know you in an intimate, personal way. Lord, thank you. You're, you're so awesome, Lord. And I just believe that, Lord, there's been someone today here, physically present, or God watched online, that it was a divine appointment that it was a message just for them, just for today. Lord, for folks that have bought into the lie, Lord, help them to see that they were born with great potential. It's just being in the right environment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. It's in your sweet name we pray.